and you you took a picture of me standing next to Hank Aaron, and you, he was so patient <laughs> while you're trying to fiddle with this camera. Oh, and geez. he stood there, stood there, stood there, and you took the picture, and I was so excited. And then we got home, <laughs> and it was just the blurriest picture. You would never know that it was Hank Aaron unless you knew it was Hank Aaron. Yeah, I know it's <laughs> Hank Aaron. I can tell anybody. It I know it's Hank sure. Aaron because I was there. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. Today I am joined by my parents, and we will be opening up a bottle of Knob Creek Quarter Oak and just discussing my childhood, my parents, and their history together. So sit back, pour a drink, kick up your feet, and enjoy. guys so we are here on the bourbon hunters and i'm here with uh, my mom and my dad and we are in destin florida on vacation and uh so real quick uh go ahead and introduce yourselves Just give me your name uh i'm my name is dwight kim Poo, and uh i'm father, jackie and uh <laughs> you're my father is that what you're trying to say right right <laughs> so have you guys ever done a podcast before no. Nope. All right. So, first time doing a podcast. So basically, uh, the way this works, I'm I'm assuming you've never listened to a podcast either, correct? Uh, no, I haven't. All right. So it's basically just like a radio uh, show. So, uh, except for it's not live. People will tune in and watch this on demand later on once I publish it. If I do any editing, if you guys say anything goofy that I have, <laughs> that I have to remove. So, um. All right, so the the way this basically works is we have a bourbon or two or three, depending on the episode, and uh, this one we're only going to do one, but uh, and then we just kind of talk about everyday stuff, um, no politics, just talking about life and stuff like that. So you don't have to be nervous or anything. It's nothing to be nervous about. Just a relaxing conversation, just like we do every night, minus the politics. <laughs> That's gonna be hard to do. Yeah, well, I know for you. <laughs> so uh, we've got Knob Creek. This is uh, Knob Creek Quarter Oak, and uh, this is a limited release. It is a hundred proof, and uh, that means it's fifty percent alcohol. And uh, saw this sitting on the shelf today, and just grabbed it because I thought it would be good for uh, having this conversation. So, okay, Stuart Woods, the author has a character that every time he goes into a restaurant, Knob Creek is his, his bourbon of choice. That's cool. So what's the uh, series? Okay. Asked you too quick. <laughs> yeah, you sure did. <laughs> so Stuart Woods is the actual character, though? No, Stuart Woods is the author. Oh, Stuart Woods is the author. Gotcha. And he has a character that orders Knob Creek whenever they... Uh, yep. Gotcha. That's cool. So that worked out pretty well. Didn't even know. Happy accident. <laughs> 
So uh, go ahead and grab your glass. We're just going to do a quick sip. And the way we do this usually is we kind of, we nose it. So we just kind of smell it. If you smell anything like caramel or just pure ethanol, the way you smell it, the best way to do it so that you don't burn your nose because it is a, uh, it's not like wine. It's a lot higher in alcohol content. So you put your nose over it and then breathe through your mouth. And usually you can get a little bit more subtle, uh, you know, uh, nosing and stuff like that. So I'm not very good with my nose. A lot of times I will pick up uh, caramel or brown sugar. That's kind of the, my go-tos because those are about the only thing I can generally pick up. You guys get anything out of this? And there's no wrong answer. So, And while they're, sn while they're smelling this, uh, just to give you a little uh, background, my mom likes some bourbon from time to time. My dad, I don't, do you ever drink bourbon? Uh, years ago, a little. Okay. You're going to have to, when you're uh, talking, move that up to your mouth there. There you go. You can have it off to the side. That way you're, you can still drink. I give him Jameson on occasion, but I also give him bourbon. He may not know that yeah. I've given it to him. Now, I gave you Buffalo Trace a couple months ago, right? And how yeah. did you, uh, how'd you like that? It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> And that was just two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> so do you get anything out of this? I know you have allergies and stuff. So you yeah, know. my allergies are kind of overwhelming. But um, I can sense... Um, the alcohol? Yeah, a reason, <laughs> yeah, reasonable um, flavor or, or uh, um, smell there. I can just barely tell. So a lot of times what people will do, if they don't get anything on the nose, that's fine. I mean, you don't... We're, we're novices on the podcast. We're not like some world-class, you know, uh, bourbon uh, tasters and reviewers or anything like that. Um, but we do, we have done some tours and we've read some things. And so we're familiar with kind of the process. Um, a lot of times what people will do is they'll tell you to take a drink, swish it around your mouth, get that, uh, get that visceral experience past you because it's going to, it's going to hit your gums. It's going to hit your tongue and it's going to be a little bit of a burn because of it the bourbon and the alcohol content and then get that pass kind of wait a second and then take another sip let it uh you know kind of sit in your mouth and swallow that and then take a third sip and by that third sip you might start to pick up some things some different uh flavors and things like that so go ahead and uh i get a little caramel and, and brown sugar by the way that's that's all i was really picking up mom did you get anything <laughs> you can say that out loud <laughs> I can't talk. <laughs> so uh, she can't talk. The uh, Buffalo Trace, just as a as a uh, comparison, I believe that's ninety three proof, or maybe ninety proof, and this is a hundred proof. So it's five percent more alcohol. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. <laughs> did you get? Did you taste it yet? Dad? Yeah, sure did. Yeah. That extra five percent. I, I sinuses guess. are cleared up now. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, it's an improvement. Yeah. <laughs> you can breathe again through your nose. Mm -hmm. Um. So that was your first, and if you have to take a little bit of water or something like that, that's why I asked you guys if you wanted any. Um, and then go ahead and take like a second and a third drink. Now, I generally like mine straight or neat, uh, so I don't add any ice or water to it. But a lot of people will add just a touch of water to dilute it a little bit, and sometimes that opens up the flavor, so you get a little bit more out of it, and it also reduces that ethanol, uh, overwhelming ethanol experience. So for me, this is fun just kind of seeing your guys' uh, reaction to the uh, to the bourbon. But I know that 
you drink some bourbon mom from time to time. Mm-hmm. So while he's taking another sip of this, so where are you from originally? South Charleston, West Virginia. West Virginia, okay. And how big was your family? Mother, father, one sister. Okay, and how old was your sister compared to you? 15 years older. 15 years older than you? Okay. I was an uh-oh. An uh-oh. And uh, what's the story uh, grandma, grandma always used to tell? Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's a, an explicit okay, podcast. So you, can, you, can, you can tell it. Mom and dad didn't drink much. My father was one of the first um, 13 employees for Carbide. So they went to a Christmas party and um, had a little bit to drink and came home and decided to do the dirty. And afterward, um, mom went downstairs because back in the dark ages, there was no birth control. So she went down to get vinegar to take care of the, the du- process. The douching afterwards. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. And um, the next morning she came downstairs and instead of vinegar, she had douched with maple syrup. Maple syrup. So, and it made me stick. <laughs> so I love that story. I don't know why. Um, so uh, that was that was a New Year's party. Is that right? And then you were born in September. Uh huh. So, and then Dad, where are you? Uh, where are you from? Well, I originally, was, I'm from. Uh, I was born in Re- Roanoke, Virginia, and uh, I did there. not. I did not know that. I was there for about uh, two years, I believe, may have been three. And Dad was working for a powder plant during World War II. So they take they made ammunition, right? Yeah, the powder, the gunpowder. Yeah, the the powder they use in the the uh, destroyer ships and the big guns. Oh, so the big shells. Okay, they yeah. Made powder in big bags. And my favorite story is he said that the uh, every now and then it would ignite and explode, and the roof would just they had it on hinges it just flip over. So what they did then was they'd wait till everything was all right, and they put it back in place and started back again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it killed anybody somehow, but uh Well they probably had it made in a way where the explosiveness or the whatever the yeah. you know whatever. whatever the impact went upward I bet so that it would blow off the roof instead of uh, blow up the people. He said that happened frequently, so I bet you'd uh have to have a poop cleanup every time that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten over it yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that how you were born? <laughs> You're a little shit. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> so uh, now that was when, what years were those? That was during the I, war? I was born in 42. Right. And uh, I'm not sure when we came, went back home to where mom and dad lived. Mom was from Payton City and and that's where he went first. But dad was from St. Mary's, West Virginia. Yeah. And um, so we moved to Payton City for a year or two. And then moved to St. Mary's and dad started a restaurant. Well, I think he maybe started a restaurant when he moved to Payton City. But he had it in St. Mary's. Yeah. And it lasted just a year or two. And he wasn't the, that type of businessman. But. He started working construction, and after a time, he decided he wanted to work at the plant. They were creating a uh, power plant, an electrical power plant, burn coal. And um, so when that was put online in 1949, they'd finished building it, he went to work for him, And uh, his whole career from that point on was at the power plant. Now, he was working there. They decided to build a second stack, right? And that one collapsed while they were building it or something? No. That, well, he was there when that happened. But see, they, that, he was there for the first plant, which was 49. Uh-huh. Then the second plant was finished in 1960, if I remember. And at that time, I was graduating from high school, so I worked in the summers 
went on to college during the year. But almost every summer I worked with the power plant. And then uh, after that, they built a new plant, a big one. It was the biggest one in the world. It went on the paper when they first planted it. But uh, it's, it's nothing like that today, but it's still running. And uh, um, it's done a great job taking care of a lot of people. And uh, they tried to close it here just recently. And then the sun. It was a, it was a cooling tower. What happened that with that, the fact? Okay. Well, the yeah. cool, I had uh, yeah, I had two patients who were working on it. The iron workers were building it, and they uh, with cement and uh, and and uh, um, oh, uh, rebar, rebar. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, they had gotten to a certain point, and apparently the uh, cement did not finish curing, and they had a. Um, if you can imagine being in a big pipe and and they were working on a spot within that internally internally and building the height of that uh, smokestack again and every day they just kept raising it a little higher and yeah build, finally, the level and one day that's it just uh, couldn't support itself and it fell and I can't remember the number of men that were killed one family had uh, uh, I think. I'm not sure, probably maybe 16 members of their family. I'm not sure now. Wow. But it's all history, and, and they have a monument there with the plant. Yeah. And it tells a bit about what happened. Well, and I, what I remember growing up <clears throat> driving past it is you can see that second uh, cooling tower, and you can see the level yeah, you can. where that happened. And uh, and then, like, the rest of it is, like, a little bit of a different shade or something. Like, you can yeah. just kind of see the, the yeah. line across. Yeah, that's right. There's a ring around it. Yeah. Dark ring. But. Well, that's interesting. So, uh, okay, so you, you grew up, though, in St. Mary's and went to high school in St. Mary's, West Virginia? Uh, yeah. And then you yeah. went to college at West Virginia? Correct. And so did you. And what, what, how old were you when you went to college? 16. 16. And then you met uh, Dad when you were how old? 18. He uh, didn't come to class for about <laughs> five weeks. It was a human anatomy class, and he came in one Saturday morning and needed notes, so he asked to borrow my notes, and I gave them to him, and little did he know they were written in shorthand, so he had to call me because he couldn't read shorthand. Okay, so two things here. Dad, good job, good plan, way to, way to ask the, the lady for the, for the notes, and then good plan for you, Mom, for putting it in shorthand to make sure he had to call you later. Yeah, yeah. All right. So was that like love at first sight type of thing, or was there a courtship, or, or uh, what? We started dating at that point. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I, he wanted your notes? Is that, that the right I guess. <laughs> uh, really, I had started noticing her. She was real, she'd be walking to uh, class, and I had a class at the same time. And I saw her a few times, and I thought she was kind of cute. Well, I never uh, knew that. This, I, this is weird. This 54, is, I'm, I'm 54 gonna, years later, I never knew that. Right. So you've been married 54 years. So how long did, how long did you date before you got married? Two years. Two years, okay. Yeah. So you were how old in college when this happened? Eighteen. So you were. You waited till you graduated. Yeah. Well, no, we got married Friday night, and I graduated Sunday. Okay. My parents told me I could never get married before I got out of college, but I did. You showed them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then you went from there, Dad, to med school, or to dental school, right? He's in his second year. I was already, yeah. Oh, so he was already undergrad graduated and he was in his second year of okay. Okay. Right. I still remember the story about uh your wedding present, right? Was supposed to be 
<laughs> a year of tuition paid for by your dad, <laughs> right, right, Dad? Right. And then uh, once you had to pay for it up front because well, it was due it was, at a certain time. It was due on Friday, and they were coming up on Saturday, so we went ahead and paid it, thinking we were going to get it back. Yeah. And Granddad said, "When's your tuition due?" And we said, "Well, it was due yesterday, so we paid it." And he said, "Good, glad that's <laughs> taken care of." <laughs> Did you ever get a wedding present from him? No. Did that ever come up again? Did you talk to him about it? No, no. We, we wouldn't bring it up. We, yeah. It, they just didn't think of it the same way we sure we did. no I know I, I always love that story though that always cracked me up so so then what is, is that when you had to resort to like selling blood and things like that to get by well not to get by he had a birthday yeah no first was Christmas and and it used to be that they paid you when you gave blood so um, in Morgantown I gave blood to get him a Christmas money to get a, a Christmas present but his and you you were supposed to wait three months before you gave blood again, right? To let but your his birthday, blood, yeah. yeah. But his birthday was in February, so I went to a different town. <laughs> the first time they gave me fifteen dollars yeah. for his blood. The second time I went to a different town and they gave me twenty five, so I could get him a birthday so, present. So back then, that was probably enough for what a car, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> what did you do? You remember the gifts you got him with that? One thing I got him was a pair of shoes because. He was on his feet all the time, and his legs were aching, and he, and he was diagnosed as having flat feet. So I got him a, a pair of Florisheim shoes. That had the arches That in. had yeah. really good arch support. And, uh, yeah, that was the first thing. Do you remember that, Dad? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. I, my legs hurt me every day because I worked. Um, I went to school, and this was summertime. Um, I, went, um, I, work, I went to school during the day for eight hours approximately. And was studying, and then after that, I went directly up into the uh, hospital, and I was a circulating nurse uh, for. Um, was this during dental school? Yeah, that was in okay. the summer before. Yeah, it was not a heavy curriculum, but it was. Uh, it was took some time and effort, and then um, my legs would hurt just like crazy after sixteen hours standing on my feet, and I. Um, she bought me those shoes, and when she bought me those shoes. Within a day, I never had another leg ache. Just that that big a deal. Wow, that's so. Your shoes were that bad at that point. Oh yeah, Jackie always said they were made of cardboard, and I think they were. Uh, we didn't have a whole lot. Uh, I. Um, we were poor. Yeah. Well, pretty close. We were so poor. That's a story to itself. You, yeah. Jackie can tell you the folks. Um, she can tell it better than I can, but uh, some friends helped us out, and she can tell you about that. Yeah, I had started out working in the purchasing department, and a job came up in biochemistry, so I quit purchasing and went to work in biochemistry, but they put it down as a transfer from purchasing to biochemistry. When you transfer, you go six weeks without any pay. Uh-huh. So they didn't tell me that. So we were down to like 35 cents in the checking checking account, um, friends of ours, another dental student and his wife, her husband, her, her parents owned a grocery store. And so they they fed us a lot, oh, wow. <laughs> kept us in food. And then I got upset and I wrote a letter to the Charleston Daily Mail talking about the State House gang and how they get paid, but us little peons didn't get paid, not thinking that my parents took the Charleston Daily Mail. And you had to sign it to get it published. So my pit, my mother called me the next day when it was in the paper and said, I'm putting money in your checking account so you can go to the grocery store. And then the day after that, I got paid. They didn't hold my pay six weeks. They paid me. Oh, wow. Now, did they, so they, did they know it was you too? 
the 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 people paying you the your job yeah they, they knew that you wrote they, the letter yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> they found out <laughs> oh wow okay that's interesting so you 35 cents left in your bank account oh yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you, and how long how long did you have until this, you thought you were getting paid? This is because Granddad didn't give us back the money for tuition. We'd gone ahead right, and paid right. it, so that's why we were down so low. So right, so uh, at thirty five cents, how far were you until you were expecting that you were going to get paid? Like five weeks, weeks. five weeks still. Oh uh-huh, wow, uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. that's uh, that had to be pretty scary. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, and I didn't want to ask for help from mom and dad. So I just read the letter thinking maybe they would pay us. And then mom and dad read the paper and oh, saw wow. the letter. Yeah. Mm. Watch that. We did have a hot dog bun with the 35 cents. Half half of it was moldy, though. Well, you just cut off that half. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> I think we did. <laughs> you just carve around the mold. <laughs> that's funny. Wow. Yeah. So, jeez. Uh, I can't imagine that. I mean, that would be, that would be scary. I mean, especially... Because you probably wanted to be on your own and not have oh, to yeah. ask for help. And, right. And, and we get, pretty much were. There wasn't too. That's why you give blood. That, <laughs> yeah. From that point on, uh, after we got her first paycheck, we were, we've been independent ever since. So take another uh, a quick uh, drink of that and tell me if you get anything new <laughs> besides uh, laryngitis. <laughs> Anything changed for you? Yeah, it's getting smoother. (laughs) (laughs) Are you getting any tasting notes out of that? I figure if anyone, because you do a lot of baking and a lot of different things, I figured you might get something out of that. Anything from you, Dad? I I can test the flavor more to tell you what it is exactly. I I can't tell you. Plus, it burns a little bit. And the reason for that is um, I have sleep apnea. Yeah. And I'm a mouth breather. And I dry my mouth at night. And so when I get up, it's irritated, and uh, irritated from that air breathing across my my. Right, throat. so your throat gets a little uh, agitated, and so the burn probably affects your throat a little bit more. Yeah, it does. So they call that burn from the from the bourbon. They call that a Kentucky hug. Okay. So that that finish is the Kentucky hug, and it kind of warms you up inside and stuff, um, which I always thought was kind of interesting. And then uh, like rolling it around or or um, letting it sit in your mouth and kind of. Smacking it, they call that the Kentucky Chew, so you can kind of uh, chew the bourbon. Oh, that's neat. Um, and that sometimes that opens up some of the flavors too, smacking it around in your mouth. I, I generally avoid that on the podcast because it doesn't make for good listening. <laughs> but uh, did, so, are you getting anything out of it? Are you getting a flavor? Like I get, to me, I get some brown sugar. Um, a lot of people will say tobacco, not like uh, in a cigarette, but just kind of like raw tobacco, is indicative of like the the barrel flavor. Um, and then a lot of times you get like cooking spices or you'll get a dark fruit, like a, a cherry or, or something like that, or prune or something that would be considered a dark fruit, um, or like a stone fruit or something like that. Um, is that what it's composed of? No, it's technically it's, uh, and I haven't actually looked up the mash bill for this. I probably should have done that. Um, but technically most bourbon, so to be bourbon, it has to be at least 51% corn. And then, uh, generally speaking, the second grain is how they would determine what type of bourbon it is. So, like, whether it's a rye-based bourbon or a wheat-based bourbon, they'll call them wheated bourbons. Um, Sometimes you'll have a four-grain bourbon. Uh, It's not as common. But uh, generally speaking, um, most bourbons are going to be corn, over 50%. Then you'll have rye, and then you'll have, like, a malted barley. 
that kind of uh, speeds up or starts kickstarts the uh, fermentation process. And then from there, they take it and they put it into a charred oak barrel. And it has to be a new charred oak barrel. And the moment it goes into the, the barrel, it, it's considered bourbon. However, if you want it to be considered a straight bourbon, it has to be over two years in the barrel. If you want it to be, and, and if it's under two years, they have to give it an age statement. So it'll have to say like 12 months or 14 months or whatever. Anything over two years is considered a straight bourbon. And then if you want it to be bottled in bond, it has to be at least four years. Um, but the longer it sits in the barrel, and especially in Kentucky with the seasons, it pulls it in and pushes it out of the uh, barrel and pulls in. That's what gets the color. When it goes in, it's clear. And that's where the color comes from, is from the charred oak barrel. And, and the charred oak brings out the sugars and the natural uh, flavors of the barrel. And then that gets absorbed by the, by the white dog, is what they call the, or the moonshine or whatever that goes yeah. into the barrel. Um, how do they char the barrel with a blowtorch? I don't know how they used to do it, but they have, it's a process now. They, a lot of times they, uh, they build the barrel and then, um, I, I've seen different ways, but they'll have like this furnace that just kind of shoots, uh, fire into it, chars it and they'll do it. There's different levels char based on how long it, it burns. So there's like char one, char two, char three, and char four, I think. I don't know if there's a, a, a char five, but I'm pretty sure it's four. Um, again, this is where I'm kind of a novice, so I don't know all of that stuff, but, um, the more char it has, you know, the more it'll kind of impart that, uh, you know, flavor into the bourbon. So, um, another thing that they do is, uh, toasted bourbon. So they'll, or toasted barrel. Um, can you guys still hear me? Right. Normal? Yeah. I hear you in the left okay. ear. I don't hear you in the right ear. Yeah. Now. Something's going on with my uh, microphone for some reason. I'm not sure what it is. I moved my leg a little bit and it happened right there. Yeah. There we go. There it is. That's yours. That's doing that, I guess. Um, so, but anyway, that's that's technically how it has to become a bourbon. They use they, a certain wood for the barrel? Yeah, oak. It's got to be oak. Oak only. Um, and so they cannot add anything to the, to the you know, the uh, distillate. Uh, it has to just be that grain distillate. They can't add any flavors or artificial anything, you know. Um, uh, and then when they filter it, they're not supposed to use anything, you know, like, for example, Jack Daniels uses like a uh, maple charcoal um, that adds a little bit of sweetness to it. Um, but you're not supposed to do that with bourbon. So Jack Daniels is a Tennessee whiskey technically, but it could be a bourbon because it's, it fits the mash bill. It's, it's over 50% corn. Um, and then everything else about it is pretty much the same. They put it in a charred new oak barrel and everything like that. But then at the end they filter it through a charcoal, maple charcoal. So, um, but anyway, so that's kind of cool. So after you, um, after you graduated, uh, from dental school, um, you went to what? You moved to Belpre or no? You went into the military, right? No, I went to uh, Elkins, West Virginia, okay. and uh, worked in a uh, kitchen for the Board of Education and did dental work on 200 kids that, that, were, that needed help. Okay. And uh, my favorite story about this is uh, I, 199 of them I finished, and one of them I couldn't. This poor little gal just was frightened to death of me. So... You are a scary man. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why, you know, I'm not very big. That's why I am a dentist. I scare people. So. Um, well, I mean, let's let's put some context in it. Like, uh, you were what, 130 pounds back then? 140 pounds? 125. 125 yeah. pounds? And 5'10"? 5'10", yeah. 
Um, but to her, you were probably humongous, right? Because she's just a, a small girl. So, so what yeah, what ended up happening true. with that girl? Uh, I don't know. I never got her parents didn't finish. bring her in. Oh, really? So you started the case, but you never got to finish it at all? Yeah, well, I, I don't know if they wouldn't bring her in. I don't recall now, but that's very possible because we had a hard time getting getting the kids uh, to our clinic. Uh, I had an assistant who was a, becoming a dental hygienist at WVU, and she helped me uh, uh, find some of those people. We could jump in the car and drive out in the mountains and pick up a whole family of kids and bring them back and... And treat them, and then we'd have to take them back. Yeah. <laughs> and the crazy thing was, usually there was always a car there. It wasn't up on uh, blocks or anything. It was it was looked operational. They this is back in the hollow type yeah. places. Yeah, yeah. At the was, holler. But they were good people. I love West Virginians, I and mean, they were, they were great people. Oh, I, I know your love of West Virginia. Uh, it's pretty. But we were there three months, and then we went the army. Okay, and then when you're in the army, what did well, you, what were you doing in the army? Let me tell you this. Too. This is my one of my favorite stories. <laughs> I went to get my final check in Charleston. Jackie yeah. and I was, you know, she lived in Charleston, so we stayed there with her parents for a couple of days before I left for the army. And um, I went to get that check, and when I picked that check up, the the fellow that was in charge of the dental, the dental work in the state for welfare told me that I had produced more than their whole program had had produced the rest of the program. Oh, wow. Which I was pretty tickled. Because you were going just an active, proactively going places and finding cases, is that why? No, they had to, uh, or, or Elkins is not a small place. But right. It, yeah. They had uh, um, had plenty of patients. Uh, uh, I, they brought them in, at, at, or we, if they didn't, we went and got them. And we didn't have any days where we didn't have patients. You know, that could happen. In a that was the thing. Like if that. the patients, if the parents didn't bring them, they went and got them. Yeah, gotcha. that was the difference. And uh, uh, but anyway, that's the way it worked out. I was I worked hard. I I I remember doing fifteen fillings in an hour on one child one time. That was that's the most I think I've ever ever produced. But it was just a necessary thing. They, if I didn't get it done, it wouldn't get done at all. Yeah. So uh, and it worked out pretty well. I felt like I did a pretty good job. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so then from there, you went into the military. Uh, yeah, we left and. We bought a brand new uh, Buick. Jeez. I'm trying to remember the, the model uh, name, but I don't recall now. It was a really good-looking car back in that time, and that was 1970. Our first new car. 1968, first new car we got, ever had. And um, so we took off from uh, Charleston on the way to um, Houston, Texas, because I was going to leave Jackie and uh, your older brother uh, there. He was just an infant at the time. And she was going to stay with them for till I got out of basic training, which I had in uh, on down in Texas in San Antonio, which was a great experience. I enjoyed that. And uh, um, so I was down there for, I don't remember how many weeks, probably six weeks. Six weeks. And then I came back, and, and it was a pretty long trip from San Antonio to Houston. Came back and picked up uh, Trevor and, and Jackie, and after a day or so, spending some little time with them, we left for the base. And we drove across. Uh, and what year was this? That was 1968. Uh, yeah. So Trevor was just born then. He was born in June, June of and this is in September. Okay. Yeah. We went to Augusta, Georgia. Yeah. So we drove across, uh, let's see, Mississippi and and uh, Alabama. Let's see, is that right? Yeah. And then uh, into uh, Augusta, I guess. But that was a pretty good trip itself. 
And um, and I, when I got there and reported in, uh, I I really didn't know exactly what I had to do. <laughs> it was a little tricky, and and but we got it done. And it was I had a really nice experience in the army. Spent two years at Fort Gordon, and that was during the Vietnam era. Right. And uh, didn't go to Vietnam. I figured I was going to have to go. I was planning on it. Everybody used to kid me about being packed ready to go, and I sort of was mentally. And um, one day I was playing golf, with, uh, which I loved, got to do a lot of in Augusta. I loved it. Did you actually we, play at the no, West or something? I, I, I missed an opportunity. One of my best friends, another dentist, his dad was in charge of the uh, the grounds on the, on the base, but his best friend was a banker in, in uh, Augusta. And he offered, well, my friend, who was a dentist with me, had asked if he could get on the base, and he set it up for him. Get on the course, you mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm sorry. And he set it up for him to go to Augusta National and play 18 holes. Well, we didn't. I didn't know about that. Nobody else did either, at the time. And then once he got it set up, he was allowed to take one person. So he walked into the clinic one day, and, he, and I can't remember how many, how many dentists we had in that clinic. We had 50 on the base, but uh, we had oh, I don't know, probably. Probably twenty anyway, maybe a little more in that one unit. And he walked in. And he said, "Whoever has the lowest handicap uh, is going to be able to go with me if you want to play golf at Augusta National, which was just unbelievable, you know, and an opportunity that came one stroke from being able to go." <laughs> <laughs> That's when you lie. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I'm, I'm a scratch golfer. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I, well, he knew me. He played golf with me, and he, yeah. he knew me pretty well. And uh, so that was. But the neatest thing that happened to Jackie and I is we got to go to the Augusta National to the, watch uh, the Masters. Masters, yeah, twice, two years in a row, sixty-nine and seventy. While you, so while you were on on base, yeah, that was that was a ball. Uh, your sister you? went, and your, yeah, she just uh, what? Two weeks yet? later, she, I had her. <laughs> she was pregnant with. Oh, uh, well, that's true because that's Tracy. what uh, that's in uh, April, right? And then yeah. right. she was born on April twenty-fourth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> that's crazy. That's cool. So, uh, yeah, wow. So you were pretty pregnant at that point, huh? Oh, yeah. So what were you doing while he was in the, in the Army? Raising Trevor. Okay. Did, I mean, did you have a job or anything at the time? Or no. that wasn't no. much of a thing back then? I didn't have a job until you got in junior high. And then I started teaching a Catholic. You didn't teach before that? No. Ever? No. Really? I was supposed to, when when I was putting him through dental school, I had a job in Tunnelton teaching French, biology, physics, chemistry. I'd never had physics in my life and, right. an, and another course, and it was 32 miles away from Morgantown. So the job came up in biochemistry, and I took that instead. So I, for some reason, I had it in my head that you taught most of my life. Like No, I didn't start till you were in junior high. Wow. I don't even... That's crazy to me. I thought you were... I taught five years at Catholic, and then... Um, well, you, so then you could have... Tracy's senior year, I came over to Belpre. So her senior year, then, I would have been just... That would have been when I was in junior high. So that means you started it before I was in junior high. I taught you started five, when she was in junior high, probably. I don't know. It was, it was, well, if you taught five years at Catholic, then that means you started when I was in, okay, like, fifth grade. Okay, 82. So I was seven. Because I was there five years. Yeah, so I was seven. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I didn't think that sounded right. All right. 
Yeah. Okay. So you did. You did teach most of my life. Okay. So Tracy was thirty-two years. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, um, so that's cool. So so yeah. I mean, that was interesting. So I got to I got to grow up. I mean, once I got to junior high, you were a teacher on on my campus, which yeah. was kind of neat. Right. Not that I, I say campus, but I graduated with a hundred people, so it's not like I graduated on some big uh, big campus. But it actually had a couple buildings. So yeah. I mean, we can say campus, I guess. <laughs> So uh, after you graduated, or after you finished uh, the military, you went to what, St. Mary's from there? No, we went directly to uh, uh, Belpre, yeah. Oh, directly to Belpre, okay, yeah. all right. And then you, you that how, how did you meet Dr. Miller, like that your partner? Well, that's interesting to me, but uh, my mother painted, if you remember. I do. And uh, she had a friend who painted with her, and her... Um, her husband was a dentist in in uh, Parkersburg, so she set it up for me to go down and talk to him at the country club in Parkersburg when when uh, he was playing golf. That's when he wanted to talk to me after he finished playing. So uh, I went in and met him, and there were three other people dentists there at the time. Doctor Miller was one of them, and Doctor Let's see, can't remember who I knew. Remember one of them, Bill Hunt. Um, Mill, what is it, Jackie? Um, Mendenhall. Mendenhall, yeah. And the uh, fourth one, I don't remember who it was. But anyway, uh, um, I met with him and talked to him and talked to uh, Dr. Euler, who was a dentist on his own there in, in Parkersburg, the guy that was, I was supposed to meet. And he said, well, he says, I don't really think I want to bring in anybody to, to practice with me. He said, I like the way I do things. And Dr. Miller was sitting there, and after we'd talked for maybe a half an hour or more, he said, well, you know, I think I'd like to bring somebody. And he hadn't thought about it before. And so uh, I'll tell you what, can you be in the office tomorrow? Can you come and meet me? And I said, sure. So I went down to see him, and uh, he had a nice office. And Is that the same office in Belbury that you finished in? Yeah. But it was just the other side of the building, right? right? Like you hadn't, you hadn't uh, we, expanded we, the building yet? No, that we that first year I was there, we extended double the size of the building. It yeah. worked out really well. There were well. only three operatories, a reception room. <laughs> right, so that originally. side that ended up being the break room was where it used right, to be, right? Right, Okay, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's cool. So that, that was just kind of dumb luck, I guess, huh? Yeah, it worked out really well. And he was a great partner, just a really good partner. I have to, I have to say that so, I was just pure lucky. To so you were a dentist there for how long? Uh, 50 years. 50 years. Well, no, let me think a minute. 48. 48, and then I had two, year, two years in the Army, so. Okay, so you were a dentist years. for 50 years. Yeah. Yep. And you yeah. were, uh, so you, 48 years as a dentist in that state. Wait a minute, that's wrong. I was, it was 50 years I was a dentist in Belpre. I, I practiced dentistry for 52 years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Because I left the military years, wow. in 1970 and retired in 19, wasn't, yeah. You didn't retire in... I, figured I retired 20, in 1928. 20, 20, you retired 20, 2018. So it was 48 years. Okay, yeah. so 50 years total. Yeah. Well, still, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And I, I uh, when you retired, you were what, 75? 76. Uh, 76. Oh, wow, 76. Yeah, yeah, because it was later on. Yeah. And I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't had a heart attack. You'd still be practicing ago. today, right? I probably would be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Mom, you uh, you moved with him obviously when you guys came here and and uh to belbury i should say not here and uh now you didn't start teaching until 82 so you were and you moved when was it 75 that you moved to belbury 70 70 70. yeah okay 
So I was your little aha oopsie moment five years later. <laughs> no, you weren't, and, you weren't uh, oopsie. Uh-huh, you weren't, uh-huh. Nobody was oopsie. Two years yeah. apart, then all of a sudden five years apart. Yeah, I know. I can read between the lines. Well, but uh, so, so I was seven. You started teaching, and you taught at Catholic. For five years. And what did you teach there? Life science, earth science, and French. Right. And then from then, you came to Belprian pretty much just uh, September taught. of 87. And you just pretty, pretty much taught French the entire time till the end, right? And then they started having you teach some of the sciences again? Well, I taught Spanish also. Oh, that's right. (laughs) I remember that, yeah. And and then I taught, um, they did away with French, but I had a double major. I had a biology and French major, so... So Spanish makes sense. Yeah, so so (laughs) they hired me to teach biology, so I taught biology and eighth grade science the last three years. Wow. And so how long were you a teacher then? 32 years. 32 years. And then you were a, a, a dentist for 50, 48 at one place. That's, that's yeah. crazy. I mean, things And then like- I became, then I became, I got a degree in accounting. Oh, that's right. You and were then a- I became his dental assistant and had to go get certified to be able to take dental x-rays and all that. So I, I mean, no offense, Dad, but I, honestly, I'm probably more like mom when it comes down to things. Because, <laughs> 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 you know, the, the, the t-shirt business, the gym, the nine-to-five job, yep. always, always changing stuff up, yep. mixing, mixing things into my life. That's funny. So, uh, all right. So what, uh, I, I guess, so we used to go, what, to, I mean, we're in Destin, Florida now. We used to go to Myrtle Beach, what, twice a year all yep, the time? at least. And then, Dad, you uh, you and I went, uh, we would go to Florida, right, to visit your parents. Right. And then uh, we've been out to eat down there and with uh, Procopio and uh, saw the Braves and, and hung out down there a little bit. Well, you met Hank the Aaron Braves, and, yeah. You yeah. got you got to meet two Hall of Fame baseball players. Well, Hank Aaron, I met. I well, met well, Lavin. You, how about four? And then? Smoltz, and I met Dale and, Murphy. And Murphy, yeah. yeah. You met Smoltz in the parking lot at that restaurant when Procopio and I. Who was and you and not I. with his wife at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no start, that's not true. He was, with, he was with, I can't remember the other player, but he was a, a major leaguer. Um, I think it was Steve Avery at the time. No, no. I can tell you if I heard it. Well, it was Smoltz and Glavin. It might have been Glavin. Glavin, so it was. And then, yeah. but when we went down there, it was the they were the big pitching machine. You had Avery, Smoltz, Glavin, all on that uh, that pitching staff. Um, and then Hank Aaron was a uh, what was he a hitting coach or whatever for the minor I'm league? I'm not teams. sure what he he was a coach. I think he, he was a Procopio. hitting coach for the Procopio was with catchers. Right, yeah, I knew Procopio. Well, no, he, was, he also coached. He was a base coach too. Yeah, and he also uh, he he was a minor leaguer, and then he played for the Cubs, and then right. he coached. And he was a high school uh, teammate of yours, bat or like well, friend of yours, I should say. Well, yeah, for the, sport, the right? only only sport we played together. I wasn't the athlete; he was was uh, track, yeah. and, I, and I could beat him in track. Long distance, probably, uh, yeah, probably f- not in probably four, not in Four hundred yards, I could get clean pretty good. Here's <laughs> <laughs> a baseball card. We have his baseball card. Do you really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you gotta send me a picture of that. That would be outstanding. Yeah. He, uh, we got another picture. That other picture that we got from somebody. It was. I think one of my favorite memories, though, is when we went down there and we went to, <laughs> and I got to meet Hank Aaron. And <laughs> you, you took a picture of me standing next to Hank Aaron, and you, he was so patient <laughs> while you're trying to fiddle with this camera. Oh, and geez. he stood there, stood there, stood there, and you took the picture, and I was so excited. And then we got home, 
and it was just the blurriest picture. You would never know that it was Hank Aaron unless you knew it was Hank Aaron. Yeah, I know it's <laughs> Hank Aaron. I can tell anybody. It I know it's Hank Aaron sure. because I was there. <laughs> yeah. But if yeah, I try to tell if I try to tell anyone else it's Hank Aaron, they would never believe it. He aged three years. Dad was adjusted the camera. That's how long he had the shutter set for. Oh, it's a shame because that was really just an exciting moment. Right. I still have the autograph baseball. I still have the autograph like they had this little program for um the the spring break and i still have that program where he signed it too and that's just that, that's so funny though and it's i think it was the same trip that we went to cypress gardens with grandma and grandpa and you took that picture of us in front of the waterfall <laughs> <laughs> and we're so far away in the picture there were like little specks <laughs> I, and i i remember going through the pictures when we got it back and thinking that's a nice waterfall Wait, is that me and <laughs> off in the distance? Is that me and Grandma? <laughs> That's true. Oh, shoot. It was pretty funny. Do you, re- you remember uh, we, you and I were standing there, and I, we were looking at some alligators uh, that were crawling around in front of us on the other side of the fence, and I heard somebody say, look at that. Look at that. That's Dr. Poole. <laughs> I could tell by the back of his head. <laughs> What was it, a patient? Who was yeah, it? Oh, it really? was, uh, yeah, it was. Um, That's weird that someone could tell by the back of your head. Yeah, I know. That's why I told you. But it, it was cool. Uh, you, but we were that happened with you and I. We were. Uh, at, at I, I kind of vaguely remember that. So um, that's. <laughs> I do. I do vaguely remember that. I do remember going like. Loving going down to to visit them. They they lived in what Frostproof or right by Frostproof. Yeah. yeah. And then so we weren't very far away from Disney World. And every time we would go down there, he would have some sort of coupons for Epcot or Disney World or whatever. And I used we used to go there all the time. Yeah. Like I've been to Disney World and Epcot so many times that I like it's it's so interesting to me because I, I grew up just going to those places. And it's like you go there now, it's expensive as can be. Yeah. And it's not even close to the same price as it was. When I, and granted, I'm old and inflation and all that stuff. But I mean, I, we would go in for like 20 bucks or something like that if right. I remembered right. Yeah, that's true. And then now it's like you can't even get a day for less than 100. No, 107, I think. It, it's crazy. So, but well, anyway. people still go. The value's there, apparently. So. Well, not right now. They're probably not. <laughs> yeah. That's With the old cronades going on. But um, yeah, so that's, that's crazy. So, uh, that, that that story about uh, the the spring break always cracked me up. That was always pretty funny. So uh, you guys, you want to refill mom at all? I'm good. You sure? Yes, thank you. Yeah, you don't want to go uh, get get another bout of uh, laryngitis? Nope. You didn't finish yours yet, Dad. No, but it's it's fine. I'm doing all right. Are you? Yeah. Doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. It's a good way to drink it. Well, that's, I mean, so I, I tell people, and if you've listened to the podcast, you've probably heard this story a million times, but I use bourbon as a, you know, all the things that I do from day to day, right? So I use it as my reminder to just kind of slow down at the end of the day. It's just kind of a, a way to relax and you drink it fast. I mean, that's not what you want to do. You want to just sip it and enjoy it and stuff like that. So um, for sip me, it's, it's just that reminder, you know, to... Uh, uh, slow down at the end of the day just kind of enjoy life and and just relax so but uh Bryland's running back and forth going in and out of the house i don't know what's going on here but uh 
Yeah, so, uh, wow. Um, we're 45 minutes in. Um, but uh, any, any before we leave, I guess, before we finish and wrap it up, any interesting stories about me, whatever, it doesn't matter what it is, that, that uh, you want to share? Anything at all. Doesn't have to be anything. Uh, it can be funny, it can be serious, it can be whatever. So, Yeah, I just... Uh I'm very pleased with uh, you and your sister and your brother. That um, uh, your mother did a great job. She <laughs> <laughs> raising you. You don't have to kiss my ass. <laughs> it's not that kind of show. Oh. Um, well, that's funny. Well, you, uh, you made life a lot easier than it could have been. Believe me. Well, it never. It didn't feel that way. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I felt, the, like, the best, felt like I was always in trouble. The best story <laughs> was. Your dad was really against getting things pierced. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's so funny. <laughs> That's and, right. And you came in one day and had on pierced earrings, and your father went ballistic. And then he turned on you. Yes. <laughs> 20, 25 minutes of shouting at you and screaming about your pierced ears. Then he got mad at me for letting you do it, and then you plucked it off and said, Dad, it's a magnet. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, the whole thing just sort of deflated. It just—it was funny to watch it. Well, I, if I remember right, he didn't even understand it right away. It took him a minute yeah, to actually yeah. realize that we had just pulled one over on him. So uh, you always knew the buttons to push. Oh well, that's—and I also knew how to defuse it too because comedy was my thing. I always was joking around, and I think that pissed him off more than anything. Is that he'd be—he'd be angry. And then I would get him to laugh, and then right. he couldn't be angry anymore, and I think that would piss him off even more. <laughs> right, right. Because <laughs> he'd be on a roll, and I'd get him laughing. Yeah, that's pretty much true. That's <laughs> funny. Well, that was, a, I think, product of being the youngest in the family. I had to learn how to survive. So my, uh, my brother and my sister both would. My sister had this uh, knack. She was five years older than me. She had this knack of using this windmill approach on me. And I couldn't get in. She had too far of a reach on me, so she always yeah. beat the crap out of me. And then my brother did too. But luckily, <laughs> he was gone by the time I was twelve, so or eleven, I guess. He went to college. So. I never knew that. Well, he's seven years older than me. No, I meant the windmill effect. Oh, ask Tracy about it. Ask Tracy about it. She'll tell you. She she's still proud of it to this day. <laughs> <laughs> she still clings to that. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember the meal that we were having? That we got into an icing fight, and there was icing all over the kitchen oh i mean i remember tracy hiding her peas in her milk no trevor put his peas in her oh, milk he put her because she hated peas right yeah she hated so, peas that's what it was. and that's so right. and so he didn't like peas and he put his peas in her milk <laughs> and she she was the weird one didn't she put ice in her milk too yeah oh, that's so weird i don't know how you can do but, that but we always had a rule you had to take one bite of whatever we had yeah. and she wouldn't taste the peas so I chased her out of the house that day and tackled her in the front yard and she had a spoonful of peas <laughs> so. oh, shoot. could you imagine doing that nowadays you'd get like child Very services child jail. services would have me in jail yeah and it was just such a different time oh that reminds me of when we were in the service uh, we had a mower out in the uh, or no it was the grill out on the, the deck yeah of our place and Trevor got out there, and we didn't think too much about it. But then he hit me. The, it was fenced in deck. And so we had a gasoline uh, can out there full of gasoline. And I, I ran out there when I realized that he was out there, and, and it was there. And he had it up to his lips now. Ready and, to drink the gasoline? Yeah. It I don't wasn't think gasoline. It was a girl starter. 
Whatever. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was. He uh, squirt on the charcoal, grill. Like yeah. the lighter fluid. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, and no. we took him into the hospital for him to check him. And the doctor thought we had abused him. And he was going to turn us into the police, I think. And he, he uh, I don't know, he asked the same questions over and over. But you probably did abuse him on the way to the hospital. <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> no, he was too little <laughs> to, to get too upset with him. Yeah, he needed another two years under his belt before he started abusing him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot, that's funny. Um, all right. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming on. Um, I know you were a little nervous, but like I said, it's just a conversation. Nothing big. And, <laughs> and that freak uh, took care of the nerves. Oh, well, I'm sure that helped. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, but I'm Dude Pool. Thank you guys for joining. If you uh, enjoy the, the podcast, please go online and uh, give us a good review or a bad review if that's what you feel like. And uh, I want to thank my mom and dad for coming on the, uh, the show. And uh, see you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for joining in for another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review at any of the sites where you're listening to the podcast. Also, find us on Instagram and Facebook. 